It's the Crown Jewel your boy G-Mo the Great, a.k.a. King of the Hustle. And I am Nicole Umbreras, a.k.a. Young Oak Cliff. And we are Crown Jewels Podcast. Hey. hey. What's happening, man? What's going on with man, you? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Man, we got family in this thing again. Yes, you do. know what I'm saying? Trinity Risings Counseling in the building. Hey. Hey, Tammy. <laughs> hey, Shantae. Hey, y'all. Hey, everyone. Leave it to the tan. Yeah, I don't know, uh... Act like you've been somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had a camera here for this. I didn't know what to do. The, the blooper reel. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> how y'all been? Hey. Hey, everyone. Y'all are, I think y'all, you know, y'all are our first repeat guest since we've been a team. Hey. hey. Welcome back. We not to mention, not to <laughs> mention the highest viewed uh, or highest listened to episode yes. that we do have. So yep. thank y'all. You know what I mean? Thanks for inviting us back. I know. Man, we had to have y'all. You know what I'm saying? You know we ain't wrapped too tight around here. So we got to So yeah. So um, what's new with y'all? What's been going on? Catch us up. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of marketing, um, thinking of new classes, services to um, – kind of create and provide to the community so just different things as far as that area goes okay building up these clients man mm-hmm. yeah. like trying to get this money hey uh-uh. <laughs> gmo actually threw this out here for me a, like a while ago i got i realized publicly that i suck at relationships what? and i think that's a public thing that people know about me at this point in my life so i've been trying to find a good therapist counselor to go to so i might hit you guys up about that afterwards hey, and absolutely. just see how to set that up because i had a terrible experience when I tried to go a couple of weeks ago. so Can we talk oh. about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let's so um, I never got a chance to talk about it here. But what happened was I went into... Now, mind you, I've been to uh, counseling before for, mm-hmm. like, as far as um, I lost my mother. So I went to counseling for that because it was very conflicting in my life. I got through that. I was able to process that in a healthy way. But again... You grow up a certain way for a long period of time. Yeah. It's kind of hard to shake and break habits that you have. Yep. So I was like, okay, next step is to I have like real, real uh, strong trust issues. I don't trust nobody. Real, real big attachment issues. I don't want to be close to nobody. Um, like just little stuff like that. Like it's not as bad as it used to be, but it's definitely still there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, next step is to kind of get better in my relationship area. Let me see if I can get some stuff out and get better. So I went to this counselor, and <laughs> did it show on my face? It showed on your face. Oh, my gosh. It did. When I say, um, mind you, and full disclosure, I'm completely honest person here. So uh, love supporting black therapists. The, the lady that helped me through my mother's situation, she was an older black woman. Mm-hmm. Very, a little loopy, but very, like, she <laughs> let me talk it out. She gave me homework to, you know, take yeah. home, articles to read. Yeah. It was really a helpful situation. Um, and minimal medication because it was like, a, a, I guess, a depression type of thing I was kind of experiencing. Um, so with this, I go to this this woman, and not only are the directions off on the website, so I go to the wrong location, which their, their name is still on the building. Oh, wow. Then I finally find the location. Um, when I get there, she still has her client that was supposed to be gone by the time I got there inside. Um, filled out my paperwork. I'm still waiting out in the front. Oh, and then I go in. Not only does she spend ten minutes telling me that they've been in the bit in the location that they they've been at for ten years, she goes on to talk the whole entire hour. I'm sorry. 
the whole entire hour. Oh. The only thing that she asked me was, what are you focused on right now? I said, school and family. She said, well, you need to, and then she went on an, another tangent about that. Now, she dropped a lot of good things while she was talking, but the beginning and the end of the whole conversation was very judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, and I left there feeling pretty shitty, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm able to say that. Um, and so... Uh, the main thing that she said, you know, the good thing she took from she's like, just focus on what you have to focus on now because it's only going to be a short period of your life. You still have your whole life ahead of you. That was a good thing I took from it. Um, but as far as everything else, it was a bad, it's a bad, it was a very bad experience. And then I was supposed to go back and I was debating, like, do I want to mm-hmm. go back to her again? And I finally called the day before I was supposed to go to cancel my appointment. I call and mind you, they gave me an appointment card the time I'm supposed to come back the next week. They wrote it on a calendar, call back. They don't have me on the book. I said, well, it's okay because I was calling to cancel. Yeah. This is her secretary. We hung up. We got the phone. Very cordial. No issues. Okay, cool. The counselor calls me back. Calls me back. It says, well, Nicole, we didn't have you down. I said, well, ma'am, you wrote me down on a paper calendar mm-hmm. that was on your secretary's desk. And you gave me an appointment card. Well, we don't have you on the books. I said, well, look, because I don't want to get disrespectful with you. Right. I have a card. I was calling to cancel anyways. Y'all a little bit unorganized for me, and I yeah. don't like the way I you know, felt after I left. Yeah. Um, and she just goes on to just talk, talk, talk. I said, you know what? I'm going to hang up the phone now. Oh. I don't got time for that. So it was just a bad experience. Um, but I say all that to say it's not to deter anyone yeah. from looking and seeking for help. It's basically being patient enough to always uh, find options, different options. So... Yeah. Then I had found another one. I just kept getting, I was sick, so I couldn't ever make it to the appointment. So, yeah, here yeah, we are now. But That happens. Like, I tell everyone, when you're searching for a counselor, um, it's the same thing like when you're searching for, for your doctor. primary care yeah. physician. Like, mm-hmm. if I go, I don't really like the feel of the office, I may not schedule again. If I go and I only speak to the doctor for all of five minutes and you just came up with a whole treatment plan, I'm not going to go back because yeah, I didn't get to tell time. you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, Typically, the first session, the initial session, is all about you. All the sessions are about you. Mm -hmm. But this one is going to be the main one where you're going to talk and you're going to tell us everything we need to know. Now, are we going to get everything in that first session? Absolutely Absolutely not. not. But we're going to try to get the majority, and then we're going to go over your goals and how we can help you achieve those goals. So it's very discouraging hearing Mm -hmm. that the therapist talked way more than you. Yeah, like the whole, I I promise you I said less than 10 words in it. Hosted down, and I was just like, This is not okay. No, and like I said, not. She was talking to me, and she was talking to me. It was a lot of things in the middle of that sandwich that made a lot of sense, but then she started getting on other things, and it was like, Yikes! Yeah, I didn't come in here for this. This part of my life is not this is good. I didn't come here to be judged about what I'm doing to mm-hmm. try to work with other people and help other people balance, you know. So, yeah, but maybe we could talk about that since it kind of touches on today's topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, what's, hold on, what we got? Y'all here, we we know y'all already. So we don't have to. Do, we don't really have a get to know you. <laughs> no, no. So tell I mean, us. We could, do we need to reintroduce? No, we can re- definitely reintroduce. And I know you guys mentioned classes, so I want to hear about like some of the classes that you guys are actually offering that are like more specific to the classes that you guys been guys been offering. Oh, okay, sure. So my name is Tamara Letbetter. I'm one of the co-owners and founders of Trinity Rising Counseling Center. So I specialize in trauma and addiction. Um, Some of the classes is anger management, domestic violence. So if you've been charged or pending charge and you do have to go for anger management, you can definitely contact us. 
Um, we also start in groups, a mm-hmm. uh, grief group and a group for newly diagnosed. And they'll start, well, they'll be offered in May. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of... Um, piling up on different things that we want to offer. And those are some of the things that we offer at this time. Okay. Hey, y'all. Hey, boo. <laughs> so my name is Shantae Jackson, and I'm also a co-owner of Trinity Rising Counseling Center. And my specialization is depression, anxiety, stress management, women's issues. So this topic is like right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and like she said, we're getting the classes. The group started up in May. I think that's something that's major, uh, especially with grief. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we only think of death. Yeah. And grief is a loss of a marriage, a relationship, mm-hmm. a job. Um, and so kind of talking through that and then newly diagnosed we have a lot of people get diagnosed but you don't sit down and really understand what your diagnosis means as far as like a mental diagnosis Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and then so that'll be good to kind of educate those people and also offer some support to their family and friends because it's tough dealing with a parent or a sister or a brother who has a mental illness and you don't know how to handle them so Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good group as well yeah Mm -hmm. because I get a lot of clients who family start kind of walking on Mm -hmm. Mm eggshells or they go to WebMD and they try to figure out (laughs) WebMD make you think you got to die tomorrow okay (laughs) I had a headache (laughs) now all of a sudden I have like three different diseases (laughs) we get a lot of clients that sit down I know personally I get a lot of clients that sit down on my couch and they're just like I looked at WebMD and I think I'm narcissistic (laughs) and I'm just like okay well (laughs) tell me your symptoms I was like, oh, okay, you may be a little selfish, but I don't know if you're so- narcissistic. Yeah. You know, narcissism is a real deep. Uh, I think people don't realize how deep that actually you have to be to be narcissist. Yeah, people think like, okay, if you're selfish, okay, you must be narcissistic, mm-hmm. or if you're very like, you know, talking about yourself or boosting yourself up, then you're narcissistic. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. you guys, it go way further than that. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I get a lot of. Narcissistic clients, apparently. <laughs> air, air quotes on TN. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. What we got? So, y'all remember the Erks? Is it okay to jump into the Erks, Gmo? My bad. I, I, I should be talking. I'm listening. I'm, 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 I feel like I was in a session real quick. So I just wanted to listen real quick. I felt like a, uh, like I'm listening to a podcast. But, no, but I'm, I'm here with it. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, so you said y'all, y'all do diagnosis or whatever. So, or... The group is for diagnosis? Your group is for diagnosis? The the newly diagnosed group. So you've already been diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And okay, you would come diagnosed. to us. Yeah, you would come to us um, for the group. And it's just educating you on what your diagnosis means and kind of how you can adjust to that. Because that can be devastating for yeah. a lot of people to learn what they actually have. And so the group is mm-hmm. to help educate you and provide strategies and coping skills that you can use to kind of manage those symptoms that come okay. along with your diagnosis. So, so what do you guys recommend for a person who may think that they, they're narcissistic? Like, where do they go to find that diagnosis? Go to your local therapist, please, not WebMD. Like, honestly, if you <laughs> if you feel like something is going on, it's better to go to a professional, someone mm-hmm. who is trained to identify those things, than to just sit at home, and ponder and wonder, and yeah. just keep it going. So, Because so, it's specialized tests that you guys would do, right? So with therapists, it, it really depends on what you think you have. Okay. So 
Okay, because I think people get confused I think I got about a little bit of everything. Right. <laughs> so people get confused about psychiatrists, mm-hmm. psychologists, and therapists. Yeah. And so with the psychiatrists, they do give you diagnosis, but they can also prescribe medication. Mm-hmm. So you can go to them and tell them your symptoms. They'll do a whole psych eval on you. So they're going to get a lot of information. And that session is usually about two hours. Yeah. Um, it's a lot oh, of paperwork. Okay. Yeah, and they, they have to get all of that information um, to better diagnose you. And then with psychologists, they do testing as well, but they do not prescribe medications. Mm. So if you was to come to me and say, hey, Tammy, I think I have bipolar one, bipolar two, or major depressive disorder. Mm. At the point where I feel like you need medication, I would then have to refer you to a psychiatrist so you can have an official diagnosis because mm-hmm. you'll get a panemer- Preliminary. Thank you so I got much. You. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going to happen today. <laughs> so uh, you'll get one of those from us, but then you'll have to go to psychiatrist and let the psychiatrist diagnose you in order to get the medication. So I have a client who I may diagnose with major depressive disorder, and I'm like, hey, we're getting to the point where you need medication management. Okay. They'll go to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist may give them the exact same diagnosis, but now they're going to get medications along okay, with that Okay, so it's diagnosis. pretty much like a, a chain. So mm-hmm. everybody everybody has a place and a piece to play or exactly. a part to play. Okay. Exactly. And then the counselors is psycho it's talk therapy. Okay. So we're gonna help you manage your day to day. So I always say with medication you have to um help the medication help you. Mm-hmm. So you can take it, but it's not going to fix everything. Right. And so we're going to help you manage that medication, but also talk through other things that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis that may trigger you in some way that the medication can't really, it don't really help, like yeah. when you're stressed and stuff, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, you're going to come to us, and we're going to talk through and process your emotions, your feelings, your cry, whatever's going on with you, we're going to talk through it. Yeah. And, and that's what counselors do. That's a major thing to remember. Medication is only one part. Yeah. So maybe the, the medication help you get to a level 4 out of 10. Mm-hmm. You come to therapy, we're there to boost it up to a 10 if you can get that high. For okay. some people, maybe an 8, that's their top. Yeah. We try to get you to that top point, but the medication alone it's does not. It's to stabilize not, you. Yeah, it's just to stabilize you. if you're hearing voices and you, you know, dealing with severe anxiety mm-hmm. and severe depression coming and talking to us is not gonna just help okay because you can barely get out of bed you know mm-hmm. and so yeah. it's like let the medication stabilize you and get you to a point where your mind is clear mm-hmm. and you're able to come in and say okay Shantae this is what's going on with you yeah and process everything yeah because I was definitely when I went for like dealing the situation with my mom like mm-hmm. it was definitely a quarter-life crisis like yep. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this how am I supposed to get through this it's conflicting because she was not the best parent but she was the most loving person like three months before mm-hmm. it all happened. So it was just like one of those big conflicting yeah. things and life was going on. And like, so, um, yeah, that yeah. I, yeah. That's one thing. Thank you I for what you guys clients. do. Um, just because you come to see me doesn't mean the world's going to stop throwing you curveballs. Of course. Yeah. Doesn't mean situations is going to stop happening. Mm-hmm. You're coming to see me and I'm going to help you prepare for those situations, but also help you with the situations that's already happened before. Yeah. Yeah. But don't think just because you come to see me is going to be all rainbows and Skittles and stuff. Because it's a process. It was not It was not a fun process either. Yeah, and the thing is, I tell people like, listen, we black girl magic around here, but we can't work magic and you not doing your part. Right. So it's like, if you're going to go to therapy, be expected to put in the work yeah like we can only do so much on the other side of the couch once you leave our office it's up to you to incorporate what we're trying to help you with and use it outside of the office we're yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna always be able to answer my phone I'm not gonna always be able to email you back right. so do put in the work mm-hmm. and some people aren't ready for it they think they are and they go and they be like I had a client last week she just wasn't ready she's like yeah. I don't really don't want to talk about all of that and I'm like 
we got to talk about your traumas. That's what you're That's dealing how you with. get over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm not ready. And so I'm like, okay, well, when you're ready, come back. Like, yeah. I can only do so much yeah. while we're in the office. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a teamwork effort. Yes. yes. That's why I think it's so important to put some time and effort into your search process. Yeah. Um, Like I've been doing, but. We got so what's the what's the percentage wise like when you guys like obtain new co- uh, clients that they're ready to just dive right in versus being a little bit resistant? For me, that looks different just because of what I specialize in. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when it comes to trauma, um, maybe twenty percent are ready. And when I say ready, um, most of people come to me. They come to me with more than just one traumatic event. Yeah. yeah. Or the traumatic event took place over a long period of time, so now it's extended. Mm-hmm. So they may be ready to digest and work on one part, but not ready to work mm-hmm. on the other part. Yeah. And what about anger management? Like, do people have to come to you, or do they choose to come to you? So I have some that choose to come for anger management, and some that actually are required to come just because they was in a domestic uh, situation mm-hmm. or. You know, they start flipping stuff over, but um, she's shaking the table. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it just depends, but typically, when you get people who have to come, um, it's a toss up between if they really want to be there and going to do something, mm. or the people who be like, "Hey, I got to come here anyway. I'm going to at least try to take something away from it, yeah, whether I need it or not." And gotcha. you gotta, you have to be ready to talk. I, I find <laughs> it so funny that they'll come in and I'm asking questions and they're looking like, I like. I don't know you. Right. So I have to know. So you're going to have to talk and tell me things that you probably wouldn't tell someone else. And mm-hmm. that's like, that's the most resistant I have seen clients with. It's just like, I'm a private person. I don't really. And I'm like, this is the time to be private. This is the time to be open just, about your yes. privateness. Yes. I just don't want to cry. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, you don't cry. There's nothing okay. wrong with crying. Okay. You got to. I want to thug it out a little bit. No. You know what I'm saying? But, that's not benefiting. <laughs> You've been thugging it out this long. That's why it's not helping. Because, you know, you get, when you get past your 30s, you emotional about everything. <laughs> you be like, damn, that was my favorite part. <laughs> you know, some voice get the crackling. And so, you know, everything, you're just sensitive about everything. I'm not going to lie to you. That is the funniest thing in terms that I laugh at in my head when I see somebody who's really trying not to cry and their whole jaw starts shaking. <laughs> I don't even know how to hold. And then the hands are getting really clenched. Oh and I'm just like, oh my God. Just it looks it more out. painful to hold it in than to come in the exactly. do it. That so is true. Finally, I just, I just be like, you know you can cry. Oh my Thank god! Thank you so much. I'm yeah, like, yeah go ahead, do I don't that. know what it is because I remember sitting in the in the session. I don't know if I had the jaw shaking, mm-hmm. but I remember just feeling like I can't cry in front of this person. Like it's something about crying and just growing up kind of rough that makes yeah. you feel weak when you know yeah, it's really dude. not weak. It's really meant to wash things away. Like when you cry and you just accept crying. Sometimes, sometimes you just feel better from crying. Like yes. yeah. you know, when somebody asks you. How, you doing okay? And then the tear is just <laughs> <laughs> like you don't, yeah. I don't know how bad I want to cry right now. <laughs> like I just need to cry right now. Yeah, Look, you I have was, to let that out. Yeah. I was talking to my moms like not too long ago. I was talking about my grandfather, and I was like, you know, he's super important to me as mm-hmm. far as like my development as a man. Like I'm a reflection of him. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was just and I just brought it up. We just having candid conversation. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna take that hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we just talking about. I'm like, he he put a lot into me. He poured a lot into me as far as being a man where no other man was. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I got the little tremble in the, yeah. And I'm like, eh, I'm like, I'm for the crowd right now. I'm glad you said that because when I remember being a kid, and maybe it was just anxiety, mm-hmm. um, but I remember looking at my grandmother. Mind you, at this point in my life, all my grandparents have passed away. But I remember looking at my grandmother and being afraid 
to be close to her because I knew one day she was going to mm-hmm. not be here. And I, w- I had to be every bit of maybe maybe 9, 10. Yeah. And that is so strange to me that even at that age I understood um, losing the, the – the, I guess the weight of losing someone so yeah. close to you. And it's, but it's so odd because that anxiety, uh, it took a lot of the uh, allow me to enjoy her yep. um, more than it benefited the whole situation. So, yeah. again, yeah. I still kind of do that in my life. Like, oh, my God, if I love somebody, I'm going to lose them. Mm-hmm. It's like real, you know, it's like a mm-hmm. little bit more traumatic for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like different. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. this shit, you, you, when you think about that shit, like I try to push it out of my head as quickly as it comes. For real. But yeah. that's that's a real feeling. And, and my granddaddy is alive and yeah. with it. I mean, he's still drinking moonshine. Yeah. He's he popping. <laughs> he but it's just the idea. Just, the, the thought it shook of, me a little bit. No, and I was yeah. like. That's a real feeling. Yeah. Sorry, What's interesting is when you're younger, you really don't think about death. Man. You know it is a thing and yeah. it's very possible, but you don't really think about it a lot until you start getting older. I don't yeah. know why. And I took a psychology class when I first went to college the first time, mm-hmm. the second time, the second time I went to college. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. and then and the, the professor was saying that. Mm-hmm. He was saying that um, kids um, don't even think about it. When you get a little bit older, you start thinking about it. And he was saying the, the healthy process of it is you don't think about it till you're older. And I said, what the hell is wrong with me? Because I've been thinking about this since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. And that's what I'm trying to figure out, like, in yeah. my personal life, too. Like, where does this come from? Well, if you're faced with death at a very personal level, mm-hmm. you're going to think about it a lot quicker than somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone who's lost uh, predominantly all their grandparents, mm-hmm. Death is very real and prevalent for you, so yeah. you're going to think about it a lot more than someone who has all, all their grandparents yeah. and everything yeah. like mm-hmm. that. And yeah, that's uh, especially you know losing a parent. Like I, mm-hmm. I, to me at the time, I felt like I lost a lot of friends, but I had to take um, some accountability there and say and just empathize and say they don't really understand what I'm going through. Because I remember a close friend; we were in middle school, and she had lost her mom. I didn't know what that meant. Like to yeah. me, I didn't. I never really had a mother. Yeah. yeah. So it really. You crying over your mom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was so inconsiderate. You know what I'm saying? And I wish I could have just been a better friend to her at the time. But how can you be there for somebody you don't right. know how right. to really just be like I? This emotional side of me, this nice side of me, it was not existing until about five years ago. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. I wish I could do a lot of stuff different. But you, you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. until you know. Until you, <laughs> and if you don't know, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to dive right into these irks. Ir- irks, yeah. Bro, what's ir- ir- irking you? Bro, what's irking you? Who want to go up first? You know? It's either you or you. Okay, so... Tammy. <laughs> um, I think the thing that's irking me as of recently is just how so many um, black influential people are in the news. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so much so, not even like the real issues aren't getting talked about. Like yeah. Flint, yeah. Michigan still do not have clean water, you yeah. guys. But yet we can talk about Michael Jackson and all those things. Now, whatever they did didn't do bad, good, whatever. But right now, currently, there's still people who do not have clean water. Yeah. But every time I listen to the radio or turn on something, it's talking about Michael Jackson, Never Neverland, and I'm just like, okay, but... Can we talk about what the about real this issues? Because we're not going right. to be talking about Michael Jackson next week. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, we it's like just this distraction thing. I just feel like the media is now, we're being distracted. We are. We're just being distracted. And it's just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm so over it. <laughs> I, I agree. I can go so on about that. <laughs> Do I have any arts? What you got, Shantae? What's been arcing me, y'all? I don't know. I just really have been kind of into 
Black History Month was whack this year. I was <laughs> <Black> history. <laughs> it was. Like, it was very whack. It was whack, and it was a lot of stuff popping off for our people, like, not in a good way. Unnecessary, that was some, unnecessary yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so I think I'm over just everything bad that's going on with our people right yeah. now. And that's in the in the limelight. So we got Justice Smollett, we oh, got yeah. R. Oh, Kelly, we got uh, the Kardashians ain't black, but the Jordan Woods <laughs> yeah. and just Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Oh, cause he was still rocking Gucci. And and you know Ti made a whole diss song about him, girl. Yeah. I do remember that. It's just like, <laughs> it seemed like that was a, a long time ago too, but he did. It was, it was so quick. It was so quick. Everything mm-hmm. is so quick. That's why I try not to buy into stuff, and it's so hard because we're, we're human, and it's just right in front of us. Mm-hmm. But it's just like this shit is like popcorn to, microwave. Yeah. It's gonna just change real quick, real fast. Yeah. yeah. I really, that's not, I mean, that's really my urge. Just but you know what? Hopping. Even yeah. though it's my urge, I still see the positive side of it. Of what? Of, like, that distraction, like, the whole, all the, you know, influential black people in the news. Because you got to think about it. Before you, they was talking about that, they were talking uh-huh. about how black people are starting businesses. Women. Except in um, our hair. Yeah. You know, in New York is... Um, they passed that law. Passed yeah. the law. It's, you, yeah. it's illegal to discriminate against uh, black people in their natural hair. Hold so on, really? That's a, yeah. They, they had to make that a law. They exactly. had to make it a law. Yes. That's crazy. So, like, if you go on a job interview, like people weren't getting hired because they had dreads or they had a fro or they had kinky hair. You, you know, that's been real for yeah. a while. Like I they'll mean, tell a yeah. man that he has to cut his dreads to yeah. get a certain job mm-hmm. or cut his beard or whatever. Yeah. I just thought we were past. <laughs> I don't know why I thought we were oh, past no. that. We're still not past racism, girl. We're not past it. So. I saw the positive things that was going on, and then it was like, boom, let's distract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true too, much too much positivity. Yep. That's true. Yep. But yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. What do I got on my little irk list? Hold on. What happened to my phone? Why is it so dark? Let's see. You know what? I irk myself. I feel like I explain myself <laughs> to people too much. Mm. Um, and that's just on, on topic with today. Um, I don't even have time for myself most days. Like... I can't, it's only so much stuff I can fit in. Like, if somebody, you know, needs me to get something done, I'll do it. And if I can't do it, I'll say I can't do it. But it's just, like, people will say they support you, and then they don't. Mm -hmm. And then you can see it, even though they're not saying nothing about it. And so it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to, I just have to start saying no. And and leave it at a sentence instead of no comma. Exactly. But da-da-da-da, it's just, no, I can't do it. Yep. That um, is so liberating. Girl. It is. No. It's, it's not I it's say, not I it's not nah. fun. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. Um, but it's just like no. Nope. Self preservation, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's boundaries. Yep. Yeah. So sure. that's my I irk myself sometimes. A lot. <laughs> you know, my irk is for this week. Um I mean, it's a real deep one for me, for real. You Go know ahead, what I'm saying? So what's on your chest? See, my voice got a little deep. I know, we got serious. Yeah. My irk right now is... Uh, we need to close the door. I just wish um, <laughs> Sweet Georgia Brown's delivered in Plano. Well, if you don't... And <laughs> if they would just deliver in Plano, I mean, I, some of that... That cheesy broccoli casserole and I'm you know not, sweet potatoes. You know, Sir, you hit us with the you. blue from the Temptations deep voice. Just to tell us about some. Ain't nobody here to see you, Otis. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody here to see you. <laughs> hey, you know, just, you know, just that, ir- that irks me right now. <laughs> some of them greens with with the bacon in it. You know. I'm sorry about that. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Excuse Devo. I think he got a hangover. <laughs> 
that's, that's my art. That's my art. Oh, this week. That's you know, I, I when like somebody say something out the wall, you know, you just say thank you for sharing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But oh I, did, I did definitely want to bring you ladies in. Uh, I realized that we're a little bit late that it was International Women's Day uh, on the 8th. And I know it's like uh, Women's History Month for the month of March. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to bring you guys in to support the women. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Crown Jewels love the ladies. You know what I mean? So just want to talk about a couple of issues. Uh, I did want to touch on R. Kelly. I know I feel like I, I keep talking about them, but... You cannot talk about yeah. him with the state of the culture yeah. right now. It's a process. So, so my thing is that I wanted to, and I had this one written down because I felt like it was good. Um, <laughs> I feel like you had that sweet Georgia Brown one written down too. <laughs> and I'm still thinking about it, but you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Some cornbread. I, feel uh, you. I, feel I never ate that. I haven't either. I've only had beef tips, and I didn't even go and get them. I think like my guy, my foster father, brought them to me. You got to get the chicken. See, I'm not a soul food eater. I'm no. not, and I feel and I feel pe- so ashamed to say. That I out loud too. to people. Yeah, people she like pizza. Like, like soul food is not my first choice. <laughs> pizza is. We just talked about pizza. <laughs> so I wanted to with the R. Kelly situation. I wanted to see if we can identify, or could you guys point out or help us, like kind of look at identifying the signs of um, when you. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Back to scheduled programming. <laughs> right. <laughs> but not like uh, basically a. When you're dealing with a predator, like what are some of the things that women can look out for when you're dealing with someone who may have those, um, I guess, um, characteristics Ooh, of what R. Kelly I may have offered? Have something to add to that when y'all an- after y'all answer though. Okay, because um, <clears throat> you don't know until you know. Because yeah, that was that was, my, was probably well, already in the dungeon gonna, already. It's with, subtle signs gonna, though. Was, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was going to add on to him, like, because okay. um, some women don't even know that they're prey. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm go ahead. I'm sorry. So there are subtle signs, um, and I'm helping you know. But so when someone starts to isolate you from your family, Ooh. your friends, everyone that you know, they slowly start to pull you in. So and then they slowly ask you to make changes, mm-hmm. and it be something as, "Babe, don't wear that," and so you don't wear it. Then they say, "Babe, I like you in this," and so you wear that. Mm-hmm. Babe, I want you to do this, and so you do this, and but those requests keeps getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger mm-hmm. to the point it's just like, babe, this is what I want you to call me this. Mm-hmm. I want you to act like this, yeah. and so it happens over time. And the moment that they can isolate you, truly isolate you, yeah. they can That's have their have way. Yeah. They can have their way. You'll know, you'll know little to none information really about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really get to meet their families, their friends. People will have real insight into who they are. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a pack of predators and then, you know, I don't know. A pack of predators. I just want to say that. I grew up around a lot of you men. They, they do, some of them, the old school was definitely traveling packs. Yeah, they traveling packs. But anytime someone starts to isolate you from others, mm-hmm. that's a sign. Red flag, get out. Yeah. Red flag, right? So anytime that... Um, they start making these requests, requests after requests, red flag, get out, mm-hmm. right? You start finding information that this person may not be who they say they are, red flag, get out. And it's things that you have to be aware of, being aware of yourself, what you like, who you are, and not compromising that. Mm-hmm. The core of who you are should not change no matter who you with. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you know you got some some issues going on, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> predominantly, like, if you're a family person and someone come in and say, hey, I'm not really a family person, and they have you cutting off your family, mm-hmm. that's not you. Get out. Mm-hmm. So it's just learning when to actually cut that person off, and I think that's what most people struggle with. So maybe what I heard from that, to simplify it and dumb it down to my level, is um, don't 
try to fit what somebody else wants if that's not really what you want because you could potentially be in a situation mm-hmm. um, that puts you, I guess, yeah, in a, in a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the main thing when you're dating someone is don't cut everyone off. Even yeah. when you're in the honeymoon phase and everything is great and you just I love just the I just lost brain. a friend to that. Yeah. And it, it really hurts my, my heart. It yeah. happens. And you don't really know what's going on with that person. And, mm-hmm. and they just on this whirlwind. But at the end of that whirlwind, if it's not a good person, they're mm-hmm. going to experience something they never wanted to before. Mm-hmm. And with that also, like, is I mean, I know we can look for some of the signs you did mention as well. But let's say, for instance, it's my little sister. She's dealing with a guy. Like, do you have any signs that I would be able to look for to be like, he ain't right? Or Get to know him. Actually That's get good. to know him. A lot of times you don't really get to know the people that the other person is dating. Mm-hmm. True. Um, so this is your little sister. He's dating your little sister. Hey, man, I want to get to know you. What's your family like? What's mm-hmm. some of your goals, your values? Yeah. Get to know that person. Because there's so many lies they're going to be able to tell before they trip up and you're going to remember. Like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you told me you didn't have no family. And just the other, this other day, you told me mm-hmm. you about to go to a family cookout. What family cookout are you going to? Yeah. Who family? So get to know that person. I think a lot of times we skip the getting to know phase. We do. Mm-hmm. We skip that. Because of good vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which are very temporary. Or we just try to stay out of other people's business. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I give you a prime example. So um, I went to Allen for my birthday, and it was a, bit of, a big group of friends and stuff. So we're all having a good time. We go to this bar. One of the girls walk off. I don't mm-hmm. really know her that well. She walks off. And I'm asking everybody, hey, who she walk off to? And this female said, that was in my group, she said, oh, no, he's cool. We was talking for an hour. He's a, he's a really cool guy. Hour. And I said, one hour, and you're willing to trust this stranger from a whole nother place. That's one crazy. hour. Why That's I, so crazy. Good one vibes hour. are so temporary. Like, I used to get caught up in the most bad situations because of good vibes. That's mm-hmm. why, I like, the whole good vibes only, like, it, that's a good, I get the message, but at the same time, you cannot get to know somebody just because you just met them and it's good vibes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so... Yeah, that's ugh. people can fake good vibes. You feel me? Yeah, they can only fake them for so long. Exactly. So you, patience is a virtue. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're watching that R. Kelly thing. Like, I wanted to call y'all immediately. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I wanted to call y'all immediately because I know I'm watching it from a consumer eye. You know, saying so the untrained eye. Same. Y'all have a trained eye. So Same. I wanted to know, like, when y'all start seeing this thing play out. What was some of the key things that y'all noticed about his character? Or I had the- a whole list. I forgot. <laughs> so because some of the stuff that they were saying was um, what his dad wasn't there. Was like I can't. Oh my god, I can't I don't remember. Really think they you talking about the Gail interview? No, 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 no. no the, the, uh, the, the um, surviving or killed. Because they mentioned a lot of things, and I re- the thing I remember the most is his choir teacher, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that she knew that he had something. Like, he was very talented. Mm-hmm. But she knew something was going on in the home based off of the lyrics that he wrote. Yeah. So he couldn't verbalize, like, I'm angry because my dad is not home or my mom is getting abused. He would put it in his lyrics, but she did nothing with that. Yeah. It was just like she would talk to him and say, hey, you can't write stuff like that. You can't say yeah. things oh like that. God. But that was it. Yeah. I think he was kind of set up to fail from yeah. the he beginning. Was. Was. And I do feel like he, 
I feel like something wrong with R. Kelly, like on a mental kind yeah, it of is. Um, delay. Delay, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. developmental type level. <laughs> That's not to excuse his behavior. However, when I look at that, I'm like, something is not there. And then he surrounded, he got money and surrounded himself with supposedly. people. Supposedly. <laughs> well, when he was coming up. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He surrounded himself with people who just wanted to please him in a sense yeah. of, yeah, I'm getting my check from you. So anything you want to do, man, I'm going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he was failed by his tribe in a sense, like yeah. the people around him. That's the thing that stuck out the most to me. Um, mentally and educational wise, do I think R. Kelly is smart enough to go such an extensive time having all these victims? Mm-hmm. No. Right. No, I just don't think he's that He's that crafty, okay? I think the team of, I'm just being honest. I agree. I agree. The team around him kept him operating for so long. And it's just like, we'll go to the high schools. What you going to buy high schools for? We'll go buy malls. Who's in malls? Yeah. Children under the age of 18. Yeah. And so they put him in these places. They used to, you know, uh, recruit these girls. Yeah, they did. Hey, R. Kelly want to uh, talk you VIP or whatever. So it's just like he had this team, this team of predators. Because mm-hmm. to me, oh, they, yes. they are no different. A pack of predators. They're yeah. a pack of predators. And they operate as so. And that's why I think R. Kelly has been able to go so long mm-hmm. with, with doing the things that he do. And I forgot that his sister was the one who yeah. was um, molesting him yeah. and his brothers. Mm-hmm. So just that along, that trauma and not working through that. And then you get money and fame the issues that you have when you get money and fame magnifies they don't go away Uh, it does not it just magnifies it and Mm -hmm. i think for him he became invincible and thought that it nothing could happen to him Mm -hmm. and that's why he was able to continue because i remember like he was he was going to court and doing all this kind of stuff and still making hits hit after hit, like hit after hit and Mm -hmm. it was just like he was set up to fail the whole time Mm -hmm. that's deep karma yeah yeah now that Gail King interview, Gail is a whole mood. Do you hear me? You feel me? She was like so unbothered. Mm-hmm. I was. They failed him again. Kelly but they failed him again. True. His behavior was crazy. His behavior was delayed. Intentional. <laughs> delayed. In my eyes, you it think was, so? I think intentional. So. Yeah. Wait. Let me. Let me. Okay, let me explain ahead. myself. Break it down. So, <laughs> so when I was watching him. I picture a stage and he was performing That's yet what again. I, I said the same thing. He was performing. So he already knew the script in which he had to act and what he had to do. Yeah. And so he just played it on out. And literally everything, the crying, the emotional, like see me as a person. Oh, I'm distraught. Like everything was literally played yeah, out. And he played the victim. But he also showed you his uh his aggressive side. Yes, he did. He showed you that dominant side. Hide Even that. the way he, he, he moved around Gail, mm-hmm. the way he stood by Gail, like everything was intentional. You get to see like, oh no, this is who our Kelly is. Mm-hmm. Forget that crime. He, could, you, he couldn't you, hide it. But when mm-hmm. you think about it, like I've never seen an R. Kelly interview. Like uh sit down. Like R. Kelly really didn't do interviews. Mm-hmm. Like and so it's like when I saw him do first, I was like, why they let him do this interview? Like mm-hmm. he shouldn't have done it. His PR played him. Yeah, that. played him. <laughs> <laughs> Does he even have a PR? <laughs> Can hey. he pay the PR for people? Hey, he might not. You know, y'all. I'm not gonna lie. It was one word that Gail said that they're accusing you of doing this thing. He was like, I don't even know what that word is. So I know I ain't doing it. And I was oh. like, Oh, yeah. so, oh my gosh. <laughs> Delay. <laughs> let, let me ask this then. Like and. and Still, his crime is his crime. I'm not. I'm yeah, not yeah. letting him up off of that. But with his um, mental capacity, is it safe to say that he dealt with young girls because that's the only people he could relate to? As far as like no. his educational level and 
I would I would dare say that was a good question though. I would dare say no, only because I feel like R. Kelly still knows right from wrong. Mm-hmm. True. Right. So even if his own intuition don't say this is wrong, mm-hmm. there are laws that's very strict that tell you this, this is, is wrong. wrong. Yeah. Right. So he knew it. And if he didn't know it, let's say he was oblivious to the whole thing. You don't have the mental capacity to say what's right or wrong. His whole team knew no. it as yeah. well. And that's why they put everything into place. Mm-hmm. And if I'm to believe that, it's just like, okay, so if you, what you thought was right, when you marry Aaliyah, why forge documents? Right. It should be a right thing, yeah. right? Two people who love each other. So his action doesn't say he doesn't have the capacity to determine right from wrong. It's right. a control thing. I can control younger women who want to be famous, who want to have the money. So I can control you. I can tell you whatever I want to tell you, and I know you're going to follow. Dare I say daddy issues? Yes. And so it's like that's why he, I think, chose that demographic demographic because mm. i can control that in a sense and then yeah. let I, I can sit here and talk about their parents all day long but i'm not i'm just gonna let them i do feel like some of their parents sacrificed their daughters. they did they did almost all that was mm. disturbing for me to hear. very much so that was real disturbing so yeah good question but mm-hmm. that's gonna be a no he ruined the leader for me man like i let age ain't nothing but a number that's to be my jam till yeah, i realized I that it was, it was. A, mm-hmm. a man i didn't even know that was him in the background of the cd cover yeah. oh, yeah. that, oh like yeah, we're leaning is. against the wall yep. and she got the bandana and the shades on age ain't nothing but a number that's oh. him back there and it's blurred and if you listen to the the, the actual crazy. lyrics of this of this little girl trying to convince this grown Same. man to have sex yeah. with her and be with her and he wrote it like that's just strange, man. Yeah, that was that's the thing. What's even more damaging is the younger um, female population who's seeing this stuff. And now, you know, I had to talk to you know a few people just like, well, them girls knew what they was doing. I said, let me tell you something. When you're 14 years old, you you cannot project that far out. You, you don't can't. have the mental capacity you to mm-hmm. actually deal with an adult. So no, even if they say yes, this is still a no. You don't yeah. know what you're agreeing to. You, exactly. you don't. Because you don't think, you don't know um, what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then at 14, you think you know everything. 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 Yeah. yeah. And your parents know nothing. They know, yep. That's what you know. Even though they experience everything, mm-hmm. you probably experience it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But I do want to go ahead, and I'm sorry, or Kelly, I can go on this all day. Like, But I want to go ahead and kind of switch gears. And uh, last time you guys were here, um, we was talking in uh, the term, um, Superwoman, mm-hmm. a superwoman syndrome came mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit because that was a new term for me, and kind of wanted to go over that a little bit because I, I feel like when I brought that away from the studio and I talked to a lot of my female friends, they deal with that like mm-hmm. daily, and it's more people dealing with it or more women dealing with it than we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with the superwoman syndrome. To kind of sum it up, you are everything to everyone and nothing to yourself. Mm. So you are a wife, your mom, you are an employee, you may be a business owner, you may, you're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a friend, and you're trying to do all of these things and trying to juggle and balance all of this stuff, and it's not working for you. And yeah. so you feel the need to, in a sense, be Captain Saberhoe. It's like, <laughs> no, yeah, for real. No, it's like, okay, so you ain't going to do it. Let me just go do it because I don't even feel like dealing with such and such and such. So and you go and you're always on go yeah. and you're always juggling. And the problem with the superwoman syndrome is at some point you're going to crash. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to hit a wall mm-hmm. and you're going to be sitting on the floor in your bedroom crying and you have no clue as to why. 
mm-hmm. and no one is coming to save you. That's the sad part about it. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a is that an internal thing, or is that something where us men we didn't drop the ball some kind of way, or do we play a part into that at all? I think it's internal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say. Well, when you think of like the independent woman. Or you think of, it's, it's kind of what you see. So I grew up in a single-parent home. So it was just me, my mom, and my brother. Mm-hmm. So my mom had to be all of those things. Like, she didn't have no choice. She yeah. had to do it. And so I think in that sense, when there is no presence of a male figure to help, it could possibly be y'all fault. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's get, more internal. I get what you, it, I think it is internal. Um, yeah. I think we do have to kick it up a notch when the male figure is not mm-hmm. in our lives, uh, mm-hmm. especially in a situation of single parent households. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely internal though, from yeah. a personal perspective. Yeah. I think it's like partly learned, like you said, mm-hmm. and I think it's a cultural thing as well. Yes. And not just speaking on black culture, but when I go to other countries, they're very family oriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are very individualistic um, Americans. Yeah, we are. Very in- individualistic. So we don't take that family approach. So if the male was outside of the home, if I go to another country, the whole family come together. The yeah. neighborhood come together. Everybody help raise this child. Mm-hmm. Here, Girl, you on your own. You better go do it. everything you have to do up and, and under that's this the most, That's the most terrible part of it. You can ask for help. I've been in a situation where I've had to humble myself and ask for help. Yeah. And I was not ready to hear somebody say no mm-hmm. because I was at my wit's end. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really, I'm going to kill someone. And so, like, you have to be in a space to understand people are not going to be um, empathetic towards you in certain situations. But at the same time, you just have to, like, be more intentional with, I guess, observing what you're doing and what you're going through. And what's even more interesting, the mm-hmm. fact that you got to that point, mm-hmm. that you felt like, man, I got to humble myself, ask for help. People ask for help way before then. Yeah. But a lot of us don't, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. we yeah. see it's hard to ask for help. It is. One, you see it as a sign of weakness. Yeah. And it's something that we were brought up to, like, you just need to go in there and figure it out. Like she said, mm-hmm. lack, of com- lack of community. La- yes. And so you see it as a sign of weakness. And vulnerability is the number one thing that I think we lack mm-hmm. a lot of because it's like if I show you my emotions and I, I'm naked as far as my emotions, you like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have people who can't be around other people who cry. Mm-hmm. I have clients who are like, well, when my friends start crying, I just, I, I, I ain't know what to do. And it's like, you shouldn't be that uncomfortable mm-hmm. with vulnerability yeah. and emotions. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, as we connected to the superwoman, uh, yeah, superwoman syndrome, you feel the need to not show that side of you. Mm-hmm. And so you put your cape on, you put your mask on, you put your armor on, and you go out there with this smile because if you crack, if you fall, everything else is going to fall as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Husbands, kids, job, like everything else is going to fall. So you feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't, I don't think society helps with that message. I think society I sends a lot of messages to females, and not just black females, all females, that we have to be strong. strong we yep. have to work. We have to take care of the house. We got to do all these things. But when you get a man, you got to be submissive. You got to be this. And you they label be it like society label everything from feminism to, mm-hmm. you know, like it's Messy. so many mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. it's, so you get confused on what, what it is you're, you're trying to be. Yeah. You know, it's like as a female, you play. I know personally, I play this like this tether between being dominant, being fierce, being independent, but not too independent, not too, not too fierce. Yeah. You Don't always come question yourself, mm-hmm. even though you're in a position where you have to do it for yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like. 
it's it's a it's a tough balance. Yeah. It really is a tough balance. Like I have to work in corporate America. The standard for women that I guess that kind of was framed before us was you have to have a husband and you're doing housework. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also I'm like as a woman in corporate like America, you kind of feel it is a male dominated kind of place. So now I have to like be a little bit more tougher. Now I have mm-hmm. to express myself in a way that doesn't come off as naggy or whiny mm-hmm. or feminine when I love my femininity, but at the yeah. same time I have to do all this stuff to like this taken away from me yep. to fit into other, you know, spaces. Like I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. And Look what, at Serena Williams. Yeah. yeah. Whenever she has an outburst or, you know, she's really passionate, they don't call it passion. Yeah. They say, look at Serena. It's an angry Being black angry. woman. She's so angry and yeah. aggressive. But let a man do it. He's so passionate. Mm-hmm. Look at him. He just loves his He's crap. really involved in the He's sport. He's really involved in the sport. Yeah. And it's like, well, dang, Serena did the same thing. Yeah. And Serena, some, she talks about that sometimes on her Instagram and things like that, how it's so different for her. But she has to be very um, intentional what she do, how she do. And mm-hmm. finally she broke out of it. And she's like, I'm going to do whatever and, I want to. And, you know, to get to that point, you have to like really know yourself and be comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, when I say no, I don't feel the need to explain why. Mm-hmm. And it you have to get to that point. And so with the superwoman syndrome, it's like, okay, I can't do this right now mm-hmm. just because I have all this other stuff going on or I just need some me time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to explain to you that I just want to go home and take a bath, light some candles, light some incense. And if watch I say I'm day. busy, it, that don't always mean I'm ripping and running around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we have to get comfortable as women in general um we're putting ourselves first we put everybody first that's like the number one thing with the superwoman thing we put everybody first and we don't make ourselves a priority and it's that whole thing like when you get on the plane and something happened you need to put your own mask on before you start helping anybody else and so in my work like that is one of my specialties is like teaching women hey you can't do that because if you crack and fall everything else is going to as foundation well. yeah mm-hmm. so it's like take care of yourself i think it's just it's crazy to like in, in society like we've made that um that syndrome instead of noticing that is a syndrome we made that the standard like yeah. that's what a woman should be she should be strong she's supposed to be able to juggle multiple things because she's strong you know what i'm saying and i think that's crazy a little bit that we we do that you know yeah What's the first thing, I mean, besides calling you guys to get an appointment, <laughs> right. what's the first step that you, you guys do as far as unpacking it? Um, for me, I have my clients do like a life evaluation. Mm-hmm. And so I actually have a worksheet that I give them and it kind of, it breaks your life up in four different parts. So for me, it was like career, um, self, family and relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I go through and see where I can cut the fat. Yeah. See what things I don't need to have on my plate that I've acquired just by being your friend and now I'm dragging I'm dragging along your luggage because you coming to me and you telling me Ooh, stuff. I struggle no, with that. I'm going to have to cut that fat because it, that, it doesn't yeah. benefit me. Mm-hmm. And you have to be comfortable with doing that because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you do this life evaluation, you're going to sit here and you're going to be like, "Why is that on my plate? That yeah. ain't got nothing, nothing to, to do with, with me." And I can't Mm -hmm. do someone else's work. And that comes with putting yourself first. You my homie, but you got issues. I'm not going to walk you through how to get through your issues. This is okay. This is the question that I have about this, because I used to be the person that (laughs) I used to be. You girls are so silly. Uh, I used to be the person that, um, you guys, you know, anybody who come tell me their problems, yeah. like, I would take it on. I would feel that. Like, yeah. That's how strong my empathy is. 
Um, and that shit is so unhealthy. I'm sorry, cuz I wasn't trying to, but <laughs> it's so unhealthy and yeah. it's so draining and yep. it stresses me out. Like every time I have a conversation with some, like not everybody, but just some people, it's always like, how can we relate? Who can? Who has the worst life? Like mm. I don't want to do that all the time. Yeah, that's a toxic. My phone stays on Do Not Disturb now yeah. because I can't handle the phone calls right now. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, and um, I have to be careful about what I put out and pass on to other people because I don't want to transfer my energy. Mm-hmm. So I've really been working on trying to just listen to people mm-hmm. and not take on that. Yes. Um, that energy, but how? Like, what do you suggest? You have to be in a space where you can just listen and not take it on. Mm-hmm. And if you take it on, you can process it out. Okay. And so that's what I tell a lot of my clients who who is that person that everyone come to. Are you in a space where you can listen to this stuff? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, okay, let's move to the next space. All right. Are you in a space where if someone drop a heavy load on you, you can process that out and you don't carry that energy? They mm-hmm. say no. I said you don't need to be that friend right now. Yes. Maybe later on you want to do that. That's fine. And I, I work on language. And, of course, we do assessment to see where they're at. But I work on language. And I tell clients, this is your stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get them to the point where they start realizing, oh, that's not my stuff. That's yeah. not my stuff. Mm-hmm. And the language starts changing. So you start realizing you more aware of what's your stuff and what's okay. not your stuff. Take that off your plate. That's gotcha. not your stuff. Okay. And it's communicating. It's um, And I with toxic relationships, because that's really what it is. If I feel drained or exhausted or frustrated after being around you, mm-hmm. I can't be around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't mind checking on you and seeing how you're doing, but... I can't carry that load for you. And so I have to, like Tammy said, I that's not the capacity that I'm in. Mm. If I'm working on my own stuff and then you coming at me, I'm going to suggest, hey, baby, go see a therapist. Mm. Like, go see someone to talk to because right now I'm not doing anything good for you. Yeah. Because I'm not responding in a way that's going to be helpful or beneficial. I'm just listening and, like, going on about my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not what you need right now. And so it's going to take you to... Use those boundaries and be like, nah, I ain't going to be able to do it. But communicate that, hey, I have a lot going on right now. It's not that I don't care about you, I don't love you, but right now in this mm-hmm. space, I just can't handle it. Yeah. And so just can you just give me you know, some time to kind of work through what I got and I'll hit you up when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From, a, from a person on the outside, like or especially like a male or whatever, like when it comes to that situation, um, I know that some people or some women don't want help. Like, if, if I can come to you and be like, what's wrong? How can I help? What's going on? A lot of them self-conditioned that they don't really want that additional help. Like, what signs can I, I mean, other than, and a lot of them don't even say it's an issue or that they got issues or they got a lot on their plate. How, what, what do I look for to just back up? Because sometimes when you do back up and say nothing, it feel like you've been dismissive to that mm-hmm. feeling. But when you do go aggressively and be like, hey, like, what's wrong? How can I help? Like, are you, what's, you know, what's. Say it. Say, like, mm-hmm. we just say it. A lot of times, women, we don't know that we need the help. Yeah. Um, and we don't know how to receive the help. Yeah. And so if you coming to me as my dude, as whoever, and you're saying, hey, babe, what's wrong? You're like, nothing. And, you know, she's like, nothing, whatever. Sit down and talk to her, like, hey, man, I'm just. Every time I ask you, you kind of blow me off a little bit. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Just know I'm here for you. Like, we got that type of relationship. It's no judgment. Whatever you need from me, I got you. And it's just opening up that communication. We don't mm-hmm. like to tell when things are wrong. Yeah. It's like we ghost people. Yeah. Like, we'll just fall off the face of the earth. And it's like, no, talk to that person because they may not know how to verbalize it or they may not think that you care. And so yeah. if I come to you and I'm like, hey, I'm trying, and you steady pushing me away, you steady being resistant, and I don't know what to do at this point, how mm-hmm. would you like for me to move forward with you? Yeah. And you'll be shocked at what they say. Yeah. That's interesting. 
That, that's real deep because I've, I've honestly felt like that I've went through situations with the spouse, mm-hmm. with friendships and everything where mm-hmm. I'm just like, I want to ask, but when I ask, it's taken wrong. But, but but when I say nothing, I feel like I'm I'm not in I'm not in a corner no more. Mm-hmm. So I'm in like lost in limbo. Like I don't know yeah. what to do. Like like if, just say nothing, and yeah. you know what I'm saying. So um, that's the. I may not share with some of my friends on a daily basis, weekly basis, but they always put it out there like, "Hey Tammy, I'm here. I'm yeah. here if you need anything." And I remember that. So when I do feel like I need something, I'm like, "Hey, I need something." Or if they feel like I need something and I haven't quite identified it, they'll say, "Hey." Uh, do you need some help or is everything good? And I'd be like, well, what makes you say that? And they'd say, well, I noticed this and this and this. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, yes. Mm-hmm. I may need some help, you know? <laughs> so it may take a little something like that. And it's not just because I don't want help. It's just that I try to take on a lot of stuff and I feel like I can do it because, hey, mm-hmm. I can take on all this mm-hmm. stuff. And really, I'm not doing a very good job. And mm-hmm. So my friends kind of step in to help me. Man, I really... Like when y'all come, man, it really makes me mad <laughs> because there's never enough time not, to I'm get like, into it. Oh nothing, but uh, we we coming up on time here. So I, if if I may, just have y'all to drop whatever projects um, where to find you guys, any of your information that you're working on. Okay, so you can, of course, Trinity Rising Counseling Center. So on social media, you can find us at Instagram and Facebook, at Trinity Rising Counseling Center. Um, You can also find me at the Homegirl Therapist. Um, I think we are really trying to get out into the community Mm -hmm. and take on kind of projects, personal projects. I know I have a heart for homeless people. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out what I can do in the community to help and, you know, put that out there. Um, and then, of course, our groups and everything we have going on. But we put everything on social media. Yeah. So if you go to Trinity Rising Counseling Center, you'll see what we're doing. And Homegirl Therapist, you'll see me out there doing stuff, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Visit what? the website, you guys. Oh, yeah. And if y'all need any help, volunteers, feeding the hungry, anything, I'm your oh, boy. Absolutely. Just holler at me. Oh, we, don't, no don't say that now. Yeah, I know. We're going to hit you up now. I, I have if a, y'all just need me to move the boxes. Yeah, I have good. a problem with taking on too much. So when I'm finished with what I'm doing right now, I will reach out. Oh, yes, girl. Out. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, but Jewel of the Day is the best project you'll ever work on is you. Hey, man. Hey. I like that. Short and sweet. And again, if you want to go ahead and follow your boy Gmo the Great, you know what I'm saying, your girl Nicole, go over to www.crownjewelspodcast.com. Crown with a K. Don't forget the K. And uh, we out. Bye. Bye, y'all. If you know, you know. You know. It's the Crown Jewel.